You can now hear Film Actually on Stitcher Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly on your iPhone, Android, BlackBerry, or WebOS device. The latest episode is always available for you. No syncing needed, no memory wasted. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free today at Stitcher.com. Pamela Landy. I hear you're still looking for me. Born? What do you want? I wanted to thank you for the tape. We got what we needed. It's all tied off, it's over. I guess I owe you an apology. Is that official? No, off the record. You know how it is. Goodbye. Wait, wait. David Webb. That's your real name. You were born 4-15-71 in Nixon, Missouri. Why don't you come in and we'll talk about it? Born? Get some rest, Pam. You look tired. It'll be much less terrifying if you just come to me. What man's got Hello, everybody, and welcome to Film Actually, episode 97 for the 15th of August, 2012. I am David McVeigh, and I am joined by Josh Philpott. How are you, Josh? I am a lot better than I am every Tuesday that we record the show. <laughs> Why? Because it's not Tuesday anymore? <laughs> Just because I'm always so tired at the end of it. It's like, this show's always so much lighter because I uh, I haven't, like been working and then recording and then recording a second show so i'm alive and rearing to go fantastic to hear because we're also joined by richard gray how are you richard i'm i'm fantastic too because i've got the next four days off work wow wow how'd you organize that (laughs) i'm I'm off to melbourne for four days (laughs) down the building (laughs) (laughs) it's a big building too so it took a lot of work Uh, fantastic now before we get started this week guys uh we have to issue an apology because from that opening clip people would be going that doesn't sound like Cosmopolis. (laughs) We've had a slight rearranging of stuff uh, for the show. Far be it from us to change things. Yeah, absolutely. We've actually had a pretty good run for the last few months, but uh, we've had a lot of problems finding screenings of Cosmopolis. (laughs) Let me just put it it to you that way, uh, that all fit within our schedules. But we all did see The Bourne Legacy. So this week we're going to review The Bourne Legacy. We will come back to Cosmopolis. What? Nobody told me. (laughs) Sorry, Rich. (laughs) Get out. (laughs) So that with that apology out of the way, this is Film Actually, the official movie podcast of gigactually.com. This week we're reviewing the board legacy. Funny that. (laughs) (laughs) And we're also delivering our new list of five this week, which of course is five films 
that we just didn't need, really. <laughs> so what did we think of the Bourne Legacy? <laughs> I wonder what's coming up on that. Anyway, we'll come back to that a little bit later in the show. Now, we are going to kind of abridge this show just a little bit tonight because uh, it is late in the week and we want to really get this out. Uh, so we're going to do a very short what we've been watching section and move straight into our review. How's that sound, guys? Yep, sounds fine with me. Sounds good. Oh, Jesus, what happened? (laughs) Somebody just fell over. (laughs) I think we just lost Josh while we were at it. Okay, that was the best thing that I think has ever happened ever. I somehow managed to catch the headphones cord under one leg and the microphone cable under another leg, and then they went in opposite directions. That's it. All we heard was... Hello. You can imagine my surprise when I picked up the microphone and I realized that it's not even plugged into anything. So somehow the headphones and the the cable all came out at once. I was just saying this the wonders of live radio, right? Yes. <laughs> it's fan. Um, anyway, I apologize profusely. Let us continue to our regulated program. <laughs> that was fantastic. That that's just that's just what this show's all about. Um all right. So, uh what we've been watching, Josh, what have you been watching this week? Um, I actually sat down and watched the movie Burning Bright. Burning um, Bright. Have either of you guys heard of this? No. Okay. Right. Now, people got me with this film when they said it's essentially a horror thriller movie about um, a girl and her... Um, I don't know exactly what kind of illness, so I'm going to use a word that may offend people, but it's not meant that way. A mentally retarded kid and her sister in a house with a live tiger. And I was like, and I was like, all right, you've got my interest. I would love to see how that works as a film. Um, it starts off really promising. Cool idea. Essentially what you've got is the, uh, um, their horrible, horrible stepfather has essentially, uh, instead of using money to, uh, let the, uh, child stay in a, a home for children like him, Uh, As the sister goes off to college, he spent that money on buying a tiger for the petting zoo that he plans to uh, create. And by petting zoo, I mean, I assume they won't be petting that one. But um, (laughs) the concept is that he gets this tiger and brings it home. And then uh, we get to see a kind of weird scene of somebody driving it up to the back of this uh, house and essentially it's right before a massive thunder, uh, like a typhoon thunderstorm. So all the windows have been screwed down. Right. So essentially no one can get out, and someone lets a loose tiger into this house. Um, now the premise is as cool as the movie is for the three-quarter mark, where you have a really interesting, intense situation of this girl trying to survive a predatorial animal that essentially wants to kill her because it's hungry and it's been sitting around in this house, hasn't been really able to find anything else to play with. So um, she's getting stalked around this house as she tries to survive and also keep alive this child that is very unaware of the danger that he's in. Um, All made for a really awesome film until you kind of start getting the storyline piecing together and um, its conclusion and twist is really stupid and uh it just drags it right down it's sort of like you could watch it and i would definitely say you'll enjoy it but you will feel a real bitter hollow sensation when you get to the end it's just they haven't spent any time developing the uh exit plan to this unfortunately a problem with a lot of horror films 
That's a shame. It was sounding actually pretty good there for a minute. <laughs> oh, dude, trust me. I was so disappointed because um, I hadn't really been given it's a great or it's a bad film. I had just been told, just watch it and see how you go. And I was really starting to think that I might have found a gem in the rough. But unfortunately, it just packs it in in the final final act. That's which very I thought sad. Was very sad. Oh, but um, that's one of it. And I also finished a film called The Chaser as well, um, which was uh, all right. It's a Korean horror mm. film slash, I don't know, drama. It, it, it's very difficult to class their films sometimes. It's sort of uh, horror at times, comedic at other times, um, a lot less heavy than things like, say, uh, if you guys have seen I Saw the Devil or or mm-hmm. any or anything like that, it's like it doesn't have the uh, ultra-violence or, like, terror gore that you get in that sort of a film. It's actually not that graphic, but it does... It does paint an interesting picture. There are moments that it really fails in. Um, the middle act uh, is difficult to decipher because you're not sure if it's badly choreographed um, scenes where essentially you've got these cop stations and this very lackluster cop um, world that they've painted where like all the cops seem to be morons and uh, <laughs> even the police chief doesn't seem to have any idea of what he's doing. And uh, things like a man who's in custody being uncuffed and then they turn around and walk away from him at the front door and he of course just walks away and they lose him and you're like that seems like something cops probably wouldn't do (laughs) (laughs) but again i don't know korea so i don't i don't know what korean cops are like i would hope that they're better than that if you're from Uh, korea write to us and tell us what (laughs) korean cops are like (laughs) <laughs> and if you're interested in Korean films, from the 22nd of August, all around Australia, uh, the Korean Film Festival in Australia kicks off for its third year, and The Real Bits is happy to be a media partner this year. <laughs> I was about to say, are you involved in this? <laughs> yes, I am. I'm all- it changes as well. It becomes like an advert. It's like, well, if you would like to check out. <laughs> <laughs> Only the no, no, to do it. I can't emulate it. I've been going to see this 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 festival for the last few years. That that director's one of his films was on last year's program, which is called The Yellow Sea. Mm. Um, it's a it's a director. Um, his name is uh, Na Hong Jin, um, and he's uh, kind of known for exactly what you described. It kind of a little bit violent and and you know, but very popular kind of stuff. You're right. It's not quite as heavy as you. you I, I don't think anything's as heavy as I saw the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's be straight. There is very little in the world that is uh, difficult to intake as that film is. Oh God! It it it's a it's 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 an endurance test. I actually saw it presented it at a, a Korean film night one uh, like either late last year, or early this year, and I think we had we had about two or three walkouts. Oh but, wow! But most people just kind of stayed, and at the end, there was just like this, right, any questions? And a shell shock silence. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah, no, but it's, it's definitely worth seeing if you all haven't seen it. Cool. Mm. All right. Mm. Richard, while we got you there, what have you been watching this week? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm heading off soon. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I've, I've, a couple of things. I, I, I will say that I was watching The Avengers again today on um, a home shiny format. Oh, uh, I hate you. Uh, which came in a very, very complicated – it's not the Blu-ray, it's the DVD, but I did get to watch it again. But it came in a very, very 
complicated method to me, which I, I'm probably breaching something by describing, but it, that's just <laughs> it was insanely ridiculous. And we will uh, say up front, this is not a pirate copy. This is a proper copy. No, this is the this is the official copy, and this is probably why it came to me in such a strange manner. Um, <laughs> but I think it was almost a shield operation getting this thing. Um, but I went and saw two things this week at the cinema. I saw um, Finding Nemo again last night in 3D. Um, which was great because it was, just, it was one of my favorite Pixar films, and to see that, see that underwater world in three D again, it, like not, nothing story wise, nothing about that film has faltered one bit in the last ten years. Can I tell you, uh, I live my life by that film. Whenever I start to feel down or anything else, I always just think to myself, just keep on swimming, swimming, swimming. <laughs> <laughs> And I saw a movie called A Royal Affair this week, which is uh, uh, interesting because it's kind of about the Dutch um, – uh, uh, sorry, to the Danish rather um, – uh, aristocracy in the 18th century and about how the how they were slowly um, uh, getting democracy was 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 you know rising up and the whole concept and this the tumultuous relationship between um, King Christian the seventh it was and his English wife Caroline, but also the affair that she ended up having with the royal physician who was played by Mads Mikkelsen in this film. So he's it's worth watching anything with Mads. It's worth watching. I think. Absolutely. Yeah, so that, that was, that's worth going, going and have a look at. A lot of people have been raving about that, and it's uh, in cinemas in Australia at the moment, but I'm sure it's going to be out on DVD everywhere else soon. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, this week uh, has been a little bit light for me. I've, I've been watching a bit of television. I actually finally caught up with a couple of episodes of Black Dynamite. For, thank you, Josh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How did that go, man? It's fantastic. <laughs> I'm very glad you enjoyed it. It's very, uh-huh. very funny. Um, my son uh, happened to catch a small part of it uh, as he was walking through the room, which is the scene you showed me, Josh, to get me started. <laughs> and he's been quoting that everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is, of course, a wonderful scene where um, uh, Black Dynamite leaps from the room of his apartment and takes down a man in a chopper without any pants on. <laughs> yes. And you've just got this long extended sensor bar, which is just ridiculous sized. And um, it's quite a hilarious scene. I love it's that. It's actually what the guy says is my favorite thing about it. And this is what my son keeps quoting, where he basically says, can we go talk somewhere else? It's too noisy here and I can't take my eyes off your dick. <laughs> 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 it is very funny stuff. Uh, so yeah, I watched that. I also rewatched um, the Bourne films on Blu-ray because I only ever had them on DVD, and mm-hmm. uh, they are glorious on Blu-ray. Um, and we will talk a little bit more about our feelings on the fourth film coming up soon. Um, there was one other thing, and it's gone out of my head completely, so I guess I will skip it because it obviously wasn't that important. Oh, Richard, I just want to talk about something really quickly. Richard and I were texting furiously today, and I'm sure this will come up deeply. Not behind- a euphemism. No. <laughs> I'm Not sure, a euphemism. <laughs> I'm sure this will come up deeply in behind the panels this week, so we won't go into a lot of details, but just for the film world, because it, we missed the film show by the news show by one day uh i think we should just all take a moment to cheer and just say that another two have returned home uh by saying that the punisher and daredevil have both reverted back to marvel now which is awesome and i hope that they uh that uh someone will take notice of the awesome tom jane video rolling around the net at the moment if you've uh seen it dirty laundry guys yes i've seen it we posted it on the site it's fantastic 
that that there is true proof that we need a better team to handle Tom Jane and take another shot at the Punisher because it's it's there mm. and we can make it work. Well, I said I have that, faith. I said to jo- uh, to Richard in a text today. I said I want to see a true interpretation, a true reinterpretation of Welcome Back Frank with Thomas Jane. Well, the other thing that got released, and as I said, we'll, we'll talk, talk, probably talk about this on panels as well, is Joe Carnahan kind of broke the fact that uh, he wouldn't be uh, doing uh, Daredevil, but he also released via YouTube he, like a little sizzle reel as to what he probably would have done. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and, he cool. des- and he describes it. Like he uses clips from other films and stuff just to get the kind of style down that he would have gone for. And he describes it as, um, you know, Serpico in spandex, you know. Oh, so, right. <laughs> <laughs> so he really That's was great. going for that gritty 70s New York vibe. So that, I'd, I'd really like to see Joe Carnahan still do that. Um, the Tom Jane, uh, you know, that, that, that kind of dirty laundry style Punisher and those two guys to meet in the same world. Yeah, Ooh, that, that is awesome. good, Richard. Yeah, yeah. And, and I want to see. I want to see the new Punisher film directed by Phil Jeannot. Yes, Absolutely. and both of those people can branch off then into <laughs> a, a Joss Whedon produced, uh, uh, aka Jessica Jones series that stars Luke Cage, and all three of those guys can team up. Damn straight! Oh man, we are in that, business. That's my geek dream today. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a, a couple of. Uh, serious uh, comic book geeks that I work with and as soon as this news broke over our, our wonderful uh, our, twi- our wonderful SMS uh, exchange I went in and said we have good news and I told them about it and they were like oh yes <laughs> so it's good news all right with all that out of the way this isn't a news show well, let's get into our uh, review of this week and uh, we are reviewing of course this week the Bourne Legacy, uh, which is directed by Tony Gilroy. Now, this is interesting because Tony Gilroy actually wrote the previous three Bourne films. Um, he's a very interesting writer, and he's actually not a bad director. He also directed Duplicity, which I really liked. Um, and it's and Michael in- Clayton. And Michael Clayton, absolutely. And so it's really interesting to see him now take the reins as a director on the Bourne films, which he has been writing for the last, what, decade? Um, yeah. And uh, to see what he does with it. And we'll come back with a, a few more details on that, uh, I'm sure. Uh, some opinions on this. Uh, so some details very quickly. B- uh, Born Legacy, written by, of course, by Tony Gilroy again, but this time with Dan Gilroy, who I assume is his brother. Uh, yes. From a story by Tony Gilroy and, of course, based on, based on inspired by the Born books by Robert Ludlum, because this is actually not based on one of the books. Uh, this is an original work uh, starring Jeremy Renner taking over the reins uh, as our lead. Uh, Scott Glenn is listed in the credits. I don't remember Scott Glenn in this film. Yeah, I don't remember seeing him. I don't remember seeing him in this film. I'm sorry. Uh, but Stacey Keach, Edward Norton, uh, Donna Murphy. Uh, of course, we have Rachel Weiss, who I'm absolutely, I absolutely adore. Um, not a lot of the other people in this cast I'm really familiar with. Uh, there's Albert Finney, of course, but he's kind of a minor role. And there's a bunch of returning people from the first three films, uh, but in such small roles they barely barely qualify. Things like just to kind of just to kind of tell you where the story is. So yeah. there's more more returns to uh, to previous footage than new footage of them. So I'd, I'd, it's a difficult film to class who was actually in this film because do you class that stuff or do you take it as what it was, well, like which that, is that, flashbacks? That, there's a sequence at the end with Landy, which. 
I don't remember from the first three films. So they obviously did shoot that for this, but it's such a minor shot. Who cares? You know what I mean? <laughs> Do we qualify as her as being one of the stars when she's really not in it? You know what I mean? Anyway, but that's beside the point. Uh, according to our esteemed friends over at IMDb, who I love their <laughs> I love their descriptions, they say an expansion of the universe from Robert Ludlum's mm. novels, centered on a new hero whose stakes have been whose stakes have been triggered by the events of the previous three films. Okay, <laughs> that doesn't tell us. Anything. You know that, that's that's pretty much about as deep as this film gets. Well, I guess you could think that. Let's have a look at the. Let's have a look at the, not you personally. I'm saying in general, people. Uh, no, just, no, that's what I think too. But anyway, go on. All right, let's watch. Let's have a listen to the trailer. We'll come back. We'll talk about this thing. What's your name? Cat Kitson. <laughs> Will you give yourself to this program? Yes, sir. There is nothing that you wouldn't do for this country. You have the strength to do what's necessary. How is he? He's prepped. Oh, that has healed well. What do you think that we do out there, Doc? Jason Bourne was the tip of the iceberg. It's Aaron Cross. We have never seen evaluations like this. He's treadstone without the inconsistency. I've never met anybody in the program. So how many of us are there? You asked too many questions. Jason Bourne is in Manhattan. Confirmed. What? That's all I have. Gotta go. People, listen up. This is a national security emergency. The FBI is investigating links between Treadstone and this man, Jason Bourne. I go down for this, Mark. You were given a Ferrari, and your people treated it like a lawnmower. You're asking me to wipe the most valuable assets we've ever put in the field. You start to consider the magnitude of what we're facing if this moves sideways on us. You need what? Meaning we will burn the program to the ground. I want to live. You think that Jason Bourne was the whole story? There's a lot more going on here. You've had alterations to two different chromosomes. It's the most exciting development in the history of the science. Well, I'm not just a science project. I gave them everything. We both did. All right, I've got to just say that the trailer actually makes it seem much more exciting than it is. <laughs> can I just say that? It's lots of, you lots can of, say whatever you want. Lots of zooming and booming and, <laughs> and, and, and punching. And, and, and what do we actually think of this film? Uh, how about we start with Josh? You really want to do that? You All right, really let's start with Richard. You don't me afterwards. No, no, no. Look, I'm strong. I can do this. Okay. Um, I don't 
share quite the same level of hate that everybody else does uh, for this film. Um, I consider myself quite the born nerd. Um, I have seen these films so many times that I have literally, I literally know the storyline right through. I've read most of the books. I haven't read the third one. Um, I will admit they're a hard read. It's like reading anything by Tom Clancy or something like that. It's like it's so many facts and figures like you get in so many military books that it is heavy duty to read and it's literally like reading a phone book. But um, there's a really good story in there and there's a really interesting look at how secret projects could be handled and how all of this uh, amazing kind of like uh, contingency plans that people set up for these kind of things to just burn them if they need to be. Um, so for me watching this film, I actually really enjoyed large sections of it. Now, I say that because I don't want to say I like the whole film because that wouldn't be true. Um, but I love large sections of this. I love the concept of going deeper into what Treadstone was. And again, it is that nerd side of me, unfortunately. It's not the film lover because as the film lover, it is mildly unnecessary. I'm only going to say mildly, but um, <laughs> the concept... Look, I, I'm, I have no fears of being honest about the fact that this is not a particularly great film and also that this did not need to happen. I am aware of both of those. But one thing that I will say is that the way that you get to watch Treadstone be taken apart, the uh, the the idea of the storyline, if you lay out the storyline to somebody, everybody gets excited about this film. If you say that essentially this is a film that starts kind of during the second one and sort of goes through past and further than what we've seen. So it's sort of like you're seeing the wrap-up of the film from a different perspective and you're also seeing a new character born in the same world. Ha, uh, pun. Um, but unfortunately, the problem that I have is that there's huge pacing issues with this film for me. I feel like there are times when I just started to completely disconnect because it jumbles so, like you've got fast, quick-paced cuts in some sections and then you've got long, drawn-out single shots in other sections and it's like, it just feels like some sort of a bizarre, like, crockpot meal like, you're getting all these different things thrown into it, and it just loses you a bit. I think that, I will say that this has one of the most amazing chase sequences I have seen in a long time um, towards the end of the film, and I think that it's a really interesting way to wrap up the film. I think that it breeds a lot of adrenaline, but you kind of get the feeling that it needed more of that adrenaline throughout the entire film, <clears throat> if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stop there and pass it to someone else. Yeah, that does make sense a little bit. Richard, what did you think? Yeah, look, I, I I was not maybe not quite the uh, the born nerd that, that that Josh is saying, but uh, I did really enjoy these films. Like the first film, I must have seen you know half a dozen times when mm. when it came out, just on DVD and stuff. And I really enjoyed the other ones. So even though I was waning a little bit by the end of the series, I it, it sort of left a good taste in my mouth. I really liked those characters. I really liked what they did with with Matt Damon, uh, who genuinely became an action hero in those films. And they Damn were right. they were a smart series of films and they didn't have to be and they were. And mm. I think one of the things that always impressed me about the Bourne films is that they how influential they have been on like that whole genre for the last decade. Yeah. Even even the James Bond films, you know, mm. copied 
copied that. You know, when Casino Royale came back, they looked at Bourne and went, "Shit, we got to do that." Mm-hmm. And and uh, they did, and they took it up a notch. And so everyone's kind of doing that sort of stuff now. So you've got this, and like I agree, Josh. I think it was it's a really interesting concept to go deeper into Treadstone because I think the character of Edward Norton is kind of like you feel as though he was always there, just behind the curtain. Mm pulling the strings and stuff. But having said all Mm. that, I think Mm. once they've set up that that thing, you kind of have a retread stone, a retread of... (laughs) um, Uh. of, uh, (laughs) See what I did there? Um, They they, uh, they just kind of redo what they did with the first one. And I don't like... I didn't really care for um, Aaron Cross's motivation. In the first films, you had... You know, someone trying to find his identity, who he was, what he meant, what all this training meant. This was a mm. guy chasing mm. after his meds, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. and and you do get that kind of mild crack at, crack addict kind of yeah. sense to him at times. It's like uh, there are times when he's saying, "Where are the drugs? Where are the drugs?" Where I'm like, "Yeah, all right, ease up, dude, ease up. You want me to follow you through the story? I need a little bit more stabilization." But like, I and completely she- agree, man. Sorry. Sure. You know, I don't know. But it's, um, no, but uh, the only thing I was going to say is also just in, in regards to Rachel Weisz uh, um, that I thought that the relationship in the original film and certainly in the first one, there was this genuine romance between the two of them and mm. I really liked those characters and you really felt like that relationship building and growing and then, you know, tragedy when that happens in the original films. Mm. But here they're just two people forced together who had no reason to be together. Yeah. And... and Really, it's just because the guy, the action hero, needs a girl somewhere in this narrative, so we better write one in. And honestly, by the end of the film, and if we do a spoiler section, oh, yeah. I'll talk about this more. Um, I just kind of felt by the end, really, you're ending it there? Okay, did 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 we do that? Is that it's is that a, a shameless sequel plug? Like the worst kind, where it's just sort of like we're going to leave you when you're finally interested. And just let it slowly fade out. You said it it was like there was that big action sequence, which is awesome. Mm. Like that that, uh, motorbike sequence is really good. But you're right. I feel like they earned it. Yeah. But the rest of the film didn't, it needed needed something more than a guy chasing after his pills. I agree. Yeah. No, I agree. Look, I thought I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with both of you on this because I actually didn't hate the film i actually watched it and i thought it's okay it did lose me in places because i felt like it was just kind of trying a little bit too hard to be a born film in places i actually quite liked renner i thought renner did a good job i i agree no with arguments you. here i agree with you richard i did i thought he did a good job i didn't think the character was very well written you know hmm. and and uh once again rachel weiss i love her i think she's great and she's something about her husky fake american accent that i just adore and you know i, I fell in love with her when i saw her do that accent in constantine and she she does it again here, and that's all fine. But you're absolutely right. There's no connection between them. Um, yeah. I just didn't didn't care about that relationship. My favorite part of this film, funnily enough, um, because it was very Gilroy, was the first half an hour because I sat there watching it, going, "This is really interesting because they're they're opening up a million threads." And mm. it's jumping between these threads. And this is what Gilroy does really well. The problem was he never tied them all well together. No. And so the second half of the film, 
like the yeah the motorcycle chase in the in the in the end the finale is spectacular but it feels yep. tacked on it feels God, like yes. it, it almost feels like Gilroy was writing his complicated duplicity type script and went oh yeah we're an action film I'd better put an action scene in here it's, <laughs> like, it's almost like there's two short films framing a middle that never quite connected them yeah exactly mm. and like I, i've watched the born films a lot like josh i actually think the first born film is an excellent film uh i think uh, doug lyman did such a good job piecing that together and i watched that one more than any of the others um and i think the third one was kind of, you're right richard the third one is kind of we is kind of waning off by the end purely because I, I felt like they kind of exhausted themselves by then but mm. you know that's a personal feeling i still think it's a good film i still enjoy it it's uh, a trilogy it's a good set uh, yeah exactly it's kind of like the dark knight rises thing it's like you need that film to finish this all off yeah. you know mm. uh, but as a standalone film I think each one becomes less and less of a standalone film as they go the first mm. one is very standalone you could have made that first film and just left it you know and, mm. uh, and, and each film this film was completely unnecessary we didn't need to, to basically quote unquote reboot this franchise even though they're making it a sequel they are really just trying to create a new trilogy um, and I don't know if it's going to work for them I don't know if it's got the same it doesn't grab you like the first one did. The first I walked out of the first Born Identity at the cinema pumped, you know, mm. and I was not pumped at the end of this. At the end of this, <laughs> I kind of went, okay, that was a movie, you know. Yeah, I it, for for me, it's that concept that uh, we were talking about, where it's sort of like when they when they run that final music, which is this is now the fourth time. The Moby um, song, yeah, we're going to end the show. Yeah, the Moby, we're going to end the, the show track with that. At the end. Yeah. That's not spoilers. Come on, we all knew that was oh, going to happen. Um, but for me, it was like. I kind of felt like it hadn't really achieved, like it, it hadn't quite borned itself enough for me to feel like you kind of, like if you're going to really reboot it, take it in its own direction. Yeah. You didn't need that music. You don't really need, like if that was not a Bourne film, I think you could have done a lot more with it. It's mm. almost like it spent so much time explaining itself that it was kind of almost that and another film in one. Does that make sense? Yeah, because you, you kept having pictures of Jason Bourne all throughout it, seemingly just to justify the title, yeah, mm. which was the Bourne Legacy, and and really this is not the legacy that the Bourne film set up. This is, um, I think, in many ways, a pale imitation of the Bourne films. But you know, it, it had so much promise. David, you're right that that first half hour. Um, mainly set in the sort of Alaskan wilderness and setting up all that intrigue there, and so that was great. Like, and I, I was actually suckered in, thinking, okay, this is going to be a good film, and then it did. It, it just sort of loses you because it's it's it is caught between that that bornishness and trying to do something else, and, and it's like Josh said, it's sort of it, it's wanting to go deeper. Yeah, and we, I mean, we mm. but it never digs. It never gets deep enough beyond. It sort of has to resurface because, um, it you know they have to try and build a new action star at the same time. Yeah, mm. exactly. As, yeah. As, as we'll talk about this in spoilers because there's certain scenes we'll talk about, uh, which which kind of highlight that because it's almost like uh, we need him here now, mm. so we just put him in there, and it's like none of the film feels like it is. Uh, uh, it doesn't feel organic. It doesn't feel like it's leading onto itself. It just kind of goes, oh, we're in this set piece now. Oh, we need this to happen. Mm. And yeah. it just does, you know? Yeah. A, a great example of this, and uh, this is, well, we have safe for spoilers. Uh, there is a, a particular character introduced at the la latter half of this film, uh, the latter end of this film, which we won't go into now. We'll talk about in spoilers. You know who I'm talking about. The, who the, is involved in the chase. Mm. And, and it just all feels incredibly tacked on. Mm -hmm. Yes, 
It right. feels like right, there's right down to particular lines of dialogue, which I can't wait to bring up. Oh, Perhaps exactly. We should spoilers. We'll hit spoilers in just a minute because I do. We can't. We're going to dance around this stuff. But basically, that, that everything from the 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 introduction of that character on through to the car chase and the motorcycle chase is just like everything from that point on. I found myself at that point kind of yawning. I'd even go so far as to say, for me, it started to get a little run of the mill from the point where. Uh, Aaron Cross first meets um, Rachel Weiss's character. Uh, uh, yeah. not, not when he first meets them, but when they first come together in 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 a actiony way. And I like and I like that scene, but then it falls apart. It know? does, yeah. And and that that point after that, it's kind of like right, we're on a familiar track now. Yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah. It, and then it becomes kind of just cliche ridden after that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, look, we're going to go into spoilers because we really want to talk about this stuff. Let's just rate this film off right now and basically say well, where where do we stand on this? I'm gonna I'll start us off and I'll say I say save your money. This is a rental, you know. It's mm-hmm. like you, you I'd, I'd pay if they put the Bourne films back in the movies right now. I'd pay to go see them again, but I wouldn't pay to see this one again. So, Agreed. Okay. I, I'm definitely a wait for DVD, Blu-ray guys. Get this on Blu-ray because it'll look good. But yep. um, you know, I, you don't need to see this in cinema dollars. That's for sure. Fair enough, Josh. Wouldn't go as far as you guys. Um, I definitely think that I got. Um, I I would have got my money's worth if I had seen this film. I would have been disappointed. But as somebody that watches horror films, like I look at it and I go, I've seen a lot worse attempts to reboot series, and I think they've put a shitload of work into this, and they've really, really tried to bring the series through. And I don't think that's an easy thing to do. And I give them credit for what they've done. But be aware that this film does ultimately leave you uh, feeling like you didn't really need to see it yeah and that's it look as as sad as that is if you can take an opinion out of what i just said and decide whether or not you want to go into it i'm not saying avoid it at the cinema no way okay fair enough all right let's go into a spoiler section so we can talk about this in a little bit more detail uh the the time codes for our spoiler zone will be in the show notes at the website geekactually.com so you can always check them there if you haven't seen born and you are planning on seeing it skip this section it's usually only about five to ten minutes long uh and join us at the other side for our list of five and here we go for the spoiler zone open the door All right, so now we're in the safety of our vault. <laughs> it's cold in here. What were the hell was the with the introduction of the Japanese assassin? <laughs> it's like Shrimpstone without the inconsistency. <laughs> exactly, which I a, thought was a terrible line. And then there's that line afterwards where they're basically like, we took emotion out of him. I'm like, oh, okay, so now apparently we can do that too. Um, I've seen films where that didn't work so well, and I didn't know you could do that to a person. Essentially, we're going to remove all of the personality so that that they're just an angry running person. I'm like, I've learned from every film I've ever watched before that when you take emotion out of a situation, people get killed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I th- so I had no fear of that guy because I was like, of course they're going to kill him. He's just going to keep coming without ever thinking about his own personal safety or the mission objective he wants to complete, and we'll just get killed. I just, so, vague, I just vaguely given him second set of testicles, so he has more <laughs> testosterone. I just, I just vaguely felt like we, <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> I, I just vaguely felt like we'd left the Bourne films, and suddenly we were in the Terminator. You know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's like uh, they can't stop him. <laughs> 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 
morphed into liquid metal, I thought was a little too close. <laughs> and the other thing I thought really, uh, the other thing I thought was really just it just left me cold is something you touched on in the review, Richard, which is the fact that we go from this this high octane motorcycle chase to them crashing. She looks up at the guy and goes, "Help us, please!" And then suddenly. They're on the boat and it's doing like my ties you're doing my ties and they look like they're on some sort of pleasure cruise and then the music starts and you sit there going, that's the end, really. That's how you're going to do this. <laughs> I, I thought, did I, because I was really tired that night, so I thought, did I just nod off and miss the bit <laughs> between the action scene and this boat? Because no. I feel as it's a scene missing here. Yeah, it feels that way. It feels like there is something missing between them. It really does. It feels like you could have an entire short film in there. <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah, no, that was a big one for me. The, the, when I was alluding to before the bit um, where they first, met, it's kind of like he's just turned up. Like you know, she she's she's about she's being interrogated by these people who have come in and they've been obviously surveilling her house for a while and and have come in and they're interrogating her and then he just pops out of a cupboard at one point exactly. in the middle of this thing and then that's how they introduce the character and it's kind of like, it's a really cool scene. He just comes flying out fist first. And takes these guys down. Then, then you stop and think, "Hang on, <laughs> you know." And it's just there's, there's just things like where he just turns up or she just turns up, and it's just I don't know. I just it never felt in 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 the original Bourne films there was a logic to everything. Everything he did had a purpose and a meaning, and you you could really you could you could see the cogs working, yeah. even if. Um, uh, uh, even they, sometimes they were really gritty and brutal. Sometimes, sometimes they defied logic uh, or defied believability. But even when they did, there was a purpose for that action within the film universe. Mm. You know, yeah, I never felt as though it, it, you know, everything from that point onwards. I never felt as though it had a purpose within that. No, it that felt universe. like a collection of scenes. You had for that movie being the grey, and then it moved into. Um, you know, uh, a, a little bit of a born film, and then it was, you know, as you said, a junkie trying to, you know, search, search for his next fix, and then it was the chase scene from the first born film, and then there and was then it was of- over. <laughs> <laughs> No, then there was my ties, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, can you can you explain to me because I felt really stupid at one point because I'm watching it, and I felt like I missed something, but I did not understand at the beginning of this film. He takes his thing of pills, mm. yes, and. He shakes it, it still rattles, so there's still pills in it, and then mm. he puts it in his sock and then goes to the guy and basically says, I lost my pills. Why? Why did he do that? I like. I would think it's kind of, uh, what I read into it is that it's kind of a survival thing. It's like, he knows that the pills, uh, he has to take them, otherwise he dies. So essentially having extras would never be an issue, so it's kind of like, I don't know, getting more of them just seemed like the kind of thing where it's sort of like, Perhaps he's been taking them a little bit too often, or something like that, and that you know, you know, explains the desperation or something like that. But yeah, I I see what you mean. It is it is a bit weird to kind of throw that in there, but I I, I just felt like maybe he was just trying to make sure he had some spares. Yeah, fair mm. enough. I it just it felt a little too throwaway, and then for them to make a plot out of it, a plot point out of it, it was like, and then to throw it away basically at the midway mark. It's like, well, now. Well, yeah, we're in spoilers. I can say it. It's yeah. like, well, now we've got the uh, now we've got that thing that stops the whatever it was disease that we won't go into too much detail about is now <laughs> no longer an issue, and we're going to move on. And you're like, well, it's that seems. And I love the fact that everybody seemed to know what it was. I like it when they go, "Oh my god, she's trying to viral him out." It's like, 
should be a drinking game for every time they mention the words viral out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love the fact that... Even, contingency plan. I'm even, sorry, but they say that word, they say those words so many times. Even Edward Norton <laughs> says it. The MacGuffin of this film was kind of like, you know, you didn't really need, you know... And it's, it's so disappointing from Tony Gilroy because he is, like they describe in all the press stuff, he's the narrative architect of the first three Bourne films. And for him, the best thing that he could come up with was a guy searching for pills as the, the major motivation for like a new <laughs> chapter of Bourne film. You know, at the moment, you don't have it. Like, he, he's got the pills, he's viraled off, and he's on a yacht by the end of this film. Yeah. Like, where do we go from here? With Bourne, you still had like a million questions. Yes. Damn right. You know, and and with 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 Aaron Cross, you've got well, I don't know. Maybe he gets hooked to heroin in the next film. I don't know. No, the what big question that? of the next film is where do I get my next Mai Tai? <laughs> yeah, he becomes an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that the poverty-stricken little fisherman that helps him has this beautiful boat with all these Mai Tais and everything. I like mm. that he turns up at one point. <laughs> Sorry, can you say that again? I like that Kenny turns up at one point. The Australian actor, the guy. Oh, yes. Yes. In, um, uh, in, was it the Philippines? I can't remember now. Yeah, it was, at the, it was at the drug factory. I love the fact that my audience burst out laughing when he yeah. showed up. <laughs> I think great. it was just unexpected. I think he did. Uh, like, again, it was he didn't have much to do, but, like, he did the job fine. It was just, I think it was just a surprise. Random <laughs> <laughs> Australian actors just turn up major US. <laughs> it was very odd. In character as Kenny. That what? would have been great. <laughs> Cleaning the toilets. He's <laughs> pills. He's come looking for his pills here. I just can't find them for him. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. So, have we got everything out of our systems, guys? Uh, I'm done. I'm done. Except for half an inch, yes. <laughs> and the thing is, we have a cut in here, so the people won't even know what that means. You love that. See, that's Tony Gilroy mystery. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next chapter <laughs> alright let's get ourselves out of this room and do ourselves a list freedom okay before we do a list uh, we have some feedback we have lots of feedback in fact uh, so first of all we have a request uh, this is aimed straight at Josh. Now, apparently this went on to the Facebook site, and Josh, I think you responded to him by saying, send us an email and you'll do it. So he did. Crap. So we have an email from Matt who says, hi, can Josh please review the horror film Child's Play for the Bargain Basement segment of the podcast? I will be honored to, my friend. Sorry. I will do that for you. I will get that this week, and I will review it. And you know what? I will do you one better because I love when people write in and request things. I will do all three over the next few weeks. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Actually, isn't there four? Maybe, but I prefer to pretend that it doesn't exist. Actually, there might be five. I don't care. They stopped being cool when they started being comedies. Oh, come on. Bride of Chucky was funny. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to defend Bride of Chucky. <laughs> and then there was you the guys fifth. can both die in a fire. What was the fifth one? Seed of Chucky, wasn't it? I think, Seriously, I, think I, I, I don't know you guys at all. All right. So Avery, our, second, our second feedback comes from Rachel Atkinson uh, from the Funky Film Show, Radio Fremantle. She writes and says, I know I'm a bit late, but... <laughs> and she says, The Sapphires was an awesome film, which I gave five stars to, and co-host, a male, gave four stars to, but probably not of Josh's alley, but I think Richard may have liked it. Yes, Richard? I was okay. 
<laughs> I would uh, like to watch that one. I actually would. Like, I've seen the trailers, and I'm like, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, no, I'm it's actually... Tri- the word feel good is, is the best way to describe it. Like, you, you can't hate the film. There's, there's no... It's like it's, it's impossible to hate it because it's just... It's so light and fun, but... You know, if you if you want to dissect it, it's pretty easy to as well. Yeah, and no, mm. I actually really want to see it. It actually looks like a lot of fun. It's and still worth. I mean, it's going to be the big Australian film of the year, so worth seeing. Cool. She goes on and she says the campaign. <laughs> oh yeah. Will Ferrell films are not things I enjoy normally, but this film I did. There were a hmm. lot of nods to things that happened during the latest uh, the latest Republican primaries. Quite a few cheap shots that, uh, for some reason, worked. Uh, if it had just been Will's character or Zach Galifianakis's character, it would have been quite annoying. But because it was half and half, it worked. You saw this, Richard. What did you think? Um, I disagree. I agree. Uh, sorry, I disagree completely. Which is normally I like Will Ferrell films. This one I didn't like at all. Um, I, I thought I'm so Pol- American. American politics as a joke anyway. So it, this, this film kind of missed some of the obvious jokes, I thought. And, like, you got great comedies like, um, what's that, the English one, um, uh, In the Thick of It. Uh, you got the, the US equivalent with Veep. You got all these great political comedies and even in just, you know, political shows like West Wing. You, you know, something like The Campaign missed a really, really golden opportunity to, to really stick it to American politics. And it really just became another Will Ferrell, um, I'm making up this sentence as I go kind of film, you know. And it, it really didn't do anything for me at all. Fair enough. Fair enough. She does go on. <laughs> she says, also saw Born Legacy last night. It was fantastic and loved it. Ha. Well, okay. I'm not the well, only one that liked it. She kind of knows how we feel about that one. And yeah, okay. So there you go. Josh, you got a girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> Yay. Uh, they also had a live Twitter feed going on the screen before the show. We never get this down here. Apparently in Fremantle, they had a live Twitter feed going on the screen before the show and people got to tweet and interact with uh, other audience members. It was pretty cool. It is yeah, cool. That is cool. I, I like want that. them to do that down here. Anyway, that's a quick wrap up from Rach uh, from the Funky Films Radio Fremantle. So there you go. So Love you, Rachel. Love you, Rachel. We have one more we'll get to really I quickly. Think you should be friends, Rachel. <laughs> we have one more, which is a voicemail. Dun, oh. dun, dun. Uh, now, this voicemail comes from. Uh, give me a second. Give me a second. Uh, it comes from. Oh, my God. Why? Oh, uh, Samuel. Samuel has sent us this voicemail, so here we go. Uh, just a few thoughts on Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, and then going back a couple of episodes, Prometheus. The supposed plot hole of Feifeld, the crazy tattooed guy, getting lost when he had the map was explained. Uh, it was alluded that he was high on drugs during or after getting the scientists in the place. He'd remedies only one plot hole of a billion, but, you know, still. <laughs> and here's Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. I thought the reason it was so damn hilarious and fun was because it failed so hard at making the movie 100% serious. It was a failure of execution, but the filmmakers were lucky people were actually expecting what the finished product was. Also, uh, nice show, guys. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I love the faint praise at the end. Uh, no, I love it, dude, and thank you. Uh, look, I, I did think about that, and again, it, look, the amount of kind of like personal 
conflict over these films and me bringing up the fact that I had a huge issue with uh, with that. Like you says, is one of many. And I did think about the fact that he was kind of high, but um, as someone that may have been there <coughs> once or twice, I would say I don't think I would have lost the ability to use a risk communicator to find my way out of something. But again, each to their own, and maybe it affects people in different ways. And who knows what kind of, uh, I guess it's weed they'd be smoking in the Sioux near distant future perhaps it's something completely different and perhaps it does do things like that too you don't know what kind of shit they got in 50 years yeah, that's true man i don't yeah. and again like what right do i have really to have any opinions on this film no, say this. none none in fact i think you should leave now and all yeah. i gotta say this dude um <laughs> uh, thank you very much for your voicemail if you want to send us voicemail 8011 uh, 80113167, uh, which is a Sydney number, or you can sc- use our Skype ID, Geek Actually, and you can send feedback to feedback at filmactually.com. So there you go. And, you know, we'll read them on the show. They're always a lot of fun. Let's I'd move like on. I'd like to say one thing, Dave. Um, I think it's really interesting that the one piece of feedback we've kind of had about Prometheus was that, you know, I was expecting us to get slammed over this. Oh, but, so was uh, I, but I think a lot of people felt the way we did. <laughs> <laughs> That's comforting. It really yeah, is. It, it was this, co- this collective. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think geeks around the world were going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they saw they were, hmm. <laughs> I mean, we walked out of that film. If you think about it, we walked out of Prometheus, and none of us were 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 negative. None of us were positive. We were we, we were in. Well, we didn't really talk about it. I think Josh insisted. He said, "I'm I'm not talking about this. I'm not ready yeah. for this." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really wasn't. Yeah. So uh, I think it, it, it's an interesting film. It's really polarized people. Um, but yeah, we'll actually. I think one of the things we might think about doing is in a few months when it comes out on Blu-ray, we might revisit it. And uh, yeah. st- and just have a see if our opinions have changed at all, uh, but we'll wait until it comes out on Blu-ray before we do that. So Fox, if you're out there, send us preview copies. We'll gladly take them off your hands. <laughs> all right. So list of five this week: uh, five movies we just didn't need. Um, mm. Now, th- I took this in. I, I don't know because we each interpret our film our lists our own way. I took it as not only films that I didn't need; they were just kind of a collective. They were kind of like. Because, like, I, my immediate thought was, of course, you know, I'm going to throw Twilight on this list or something like that. But there's a lot of people who actually do like Twilight, you know? Mm. So I mm. kind of took it as, uh, for me, it was just a films where you hear about the film coming out or you've seen the film and you just go, boy, that's, that's you know, that's something that we, we wouldn't have missed if it never happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, a- well, funnily enough, Dave, that is exactly the premise of mine for once. Fantastic. All right, so let's start this off. I'm going to give us a start this week because the, uh, I think I'm probably the only one who's actually seen this film, but I'm going to say Big Stan. <laughs> now, the reason why I'm going to say Big Stan is because Rob Schneider at the best of times isn't funny, so here's a great idea. Let's let him direct his own film. And... <laughs> I'll let you ponder <laughs> what what the results of that might have been. Right? It's really it's a film I never need or never needed to see again, and and I'm not alone. <laughs> it's got a surprisingly high internet movie database score. I'm sure it's a it's a joke. <laughs> it's got it's got to be a joke. Nobody I know liked this movie. Barely got released. Um, all right, your number five, Richard. Um, Cars two. Cars two. Ooh, very nice. good. Very good. Yeah, it's very good. See, I I didn't need that film so much. I put it out of my mind. <laughs> it's, it's like I don't think any explanation is needed. It's no, a cast film. <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, Josh, number five. 
Uh, number five is Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Did not <laughs> yes. need to happen. Did not need to be made. Did not need anybody to come out of the woods and go, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take a pre-established series with a really good history and just fuck it off and start again <laughs> with a plot that has nothing to do with the series. And a really well done. mean plot, too. Like, it was just oh. a really, like, let's kill all the children of the world. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. All right, so my number four. All right, so my number four started as a very broad section, and I have narrowed it down, but I basically said any classic cartoon turned into a live-action film, but specifically Yogi Bear. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the specific but i think we can extrapolate upon that if you want to there are so many of these classic cartoons that you just didn't go why why and of course what in film space action- jam oh yeah uh, space jam yeah but see it's still trying to be a cartoon it's added live characters into it yogi bear is a live action film where they've just tried to bring the cartoon characters to life Hey, boo boo. And you look at this, and you could also, you know, point out Scooby Doo. You could point out uh, the Chipmunks. You know, you could, there's, oh. a, there's a few you could point out here. The Smurfs. Oh, sorry, I did say. It. Oh, you've opened a can of worms. I have. Anyway, so that's my number four, <laughs> Richard. Uh, the Amazing Spider Man. I agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, reboot for a series that only finished short time ago, and really, it was the origin story again less than a decade after the first time they told the origin story. So Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. It's a film we mm. just didn't need. Josh, your number four. My number four? My number four is The Hangover 2. Yes. <laughs> didn't need to exist. Didn't oh. need to happen. It was a one-of-a-kind kind of a film. Uh, it only, it scraped through to working just on the bare skin of its teeth. It was funny, and it did not need any further clarification. It didn't have enough depth to make it any further. It had you know run what? out of gas. You know why we needed that film? Because it was the first film I came on the show for. <laughs> and oh, it had a monkey. Why we that film. It brought us together. And it had a monkey. And it had a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> you guys sickened me. I agree. We didn't need that film. But we did need uh, Richard. So. <laughs> we do need Richard. We do need, need me, but yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of awesome. That I'm you're here. the co-host. Uh, we don't know if you're the co-host we need, but you're the co-host we want. <laughs> 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 All right. My number three is the Shot for Shot remake of Psycho. Oh, a little higher on my list. Okay. <laughs> Enough said. We'll come back to that. All right. <laughs> Richard, you're number three. It's scary movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Well, <laughs> any, any of those ones in particular, any of those ones, but scary movie in particular, because Scream was already parodying the horror genre in a clever way. So scary movie parodied a parody of the horror genre. Which never ends well. It never ends well. Mm, no. And it was kind of like it had missed the point. And then had like three sequels of its own, proving that it missed the point completely. And stole the original name for Scream. And stole the original name for Scream. Yeah. And then it also launched like so many of those shithouse something movies, and epic they, movie, romantic, And all you know, of those that. movies were trying to be flying high slash airplane, and none of them could do it. No. They just didn't understand the genre. Anyway, yeah, no, I agree. I, I would actually extrapolate on that and basically say all of those films. Yeah. From Scream onwards, all the parody films. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, Josh, you're number three. Hit me with it. Quarantine. Wreck is an amazing uh, standalone film that is unique 
it is well shot, it is well acted, and it is terrifying to even the most incredibly inept, uh, inept? No, uh, it, it, you know, uh, confirmed horror fans. We did not need an English remake, and you sucked at it, so it should have stayed on the shelf. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> Thank Christ for that. But I will take your word for it, because I, I, I almost put just a uniform, let's stop the remakes on this thing. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was too broad. <laughs> All right. I can channel my hate down to one particular title, Dave. That was it. Fair enough. I also almost put a couple of things on this list that I haven't seen yet, but I thought, no, that's kind of cheating. I can't do that. I have one on my list that I haven't seen purely because I really don't know why they made this film, and I don't need to see it, uh, which is my next film, actually. My number two is The Human Centipede 2. I look at it and go... I didn't need the first one. Why would I need a sequel? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I was out having beer with some people a couple of weeks ago and I made a human centipede joke and it just stopped everything dead. <laughs> so, obviously, it's still too soon for human centipede jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, the human centipede, the first one repulsed me. The, even the idea of it repulses me. The idea of the second one is just like, why? I, there is no way. I don't it's, need that's a, it's a shame, David, because that sort of spoils what Josh and I were going to get you for your birthday. <laughs> we, we were gonna, we, we, we've been working on that thing in our basement for months. <laughs> <laughs> just, just word to the wise, don't go down to the bargain basement. I will stay out just, of there. Just stay out. <laughs> uh, Richard, you're number two. Uh, it's Jaws 2. Um, and it's, the reason I put that on there was because I was watching the original Jaws this week on Blu-ray, and because uh, it comes out soon, and I got a preview copy. It looks magnificent. By I the way. can't wait. Um, and it, it certainly gave itself a bigger boat. Um, <laughs> but uh, Jaws two, because the first Jaws is such a perfectly contained film. Yes, and you didn't need a sequel to it at all. Now, I wouldn't go so far as because the the, the films ended up giving us Jaws four, which gave us Michael Caine and the most ridiculous plot of all time. Oh, and it gave me um, Jaws three, which I think is one of the greatest pieces of trash ever made. It's tragic. Yeah, I think Jaws four is trumps them all because it's got the the shark that is faster than a Concorde, and it's got you know <laughs> and, um, and explodes on its own. It's a self detonating it shark. On its own. It, it's got a, a plot that involves you know let's escape sharks by going to an island in the Bermuda, you know, and all this sort of stuff. Um, it, it's, it's a ridiculous plot, but it gave us that. It gave Michael Caine a, a second house. But the second one, there was just no need for it. And it no. was just, it was, it was nothing more than a cheap cash-in. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, it did spawn countless imitators uh, that were coming at the time. But maybe that's only because I just saw the first Jaws this week. It was fresh in my mind. No, I actually agree with you. I think Jaws 2... See, I really enjoy watching Jaws 3 and 4 because they are so spectacularly awful. Uh, mm. Jaws 2, you sit there and just go, you're just a pale imitation. Mm. You know, and I just, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. Because Roy Scheider was in the second one as well, was he? He or was, no? yeah. Yeah. That's the one where he, he hits the electrical cable. Oh, man, oh, that's I right. love that yeah. scene. <laughs> See, I, knew- I, know it, I know it's shit, but I goddamn love that scene. Okay, <laughs> uh, Josh, well, why don't you tell us your number two? My number two, my number two is a is a film that's definitely not on either of you. Let's Candyman Two: Farewell to the Flesh was just the most unnecessary piece of drivel ever made. It was like let's try and take a film that on its own stands alone as one of the few films that you've ever seen from that writer being transmitted to screen with enough power to really 
give it the the screen showmanship it deserves. And let's just do a second one that just like loosely ties them to the series, changes actors, just a general drivel mess, and um, really does not further the plot or the storyline of the Candyman in any way or form. Just didn't need to happen. Yeah, that's fair. No, I I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree with that. My number one, Richard's for both of us. My yeah. number one is The Dictator. Oh. You know, <laughs> this, this is, is a film we didn't need. Oh, I came so close to putting that on. I'm glad you did. It's just so we can give it another kick in the pants. One more slap across the face for that film. <laughs> Richard, you're number one. I, I mentioned it before I alluded to it. It was the, the Gus Van Sant Psycho. Absolutely. Because, um, I mean, look, really, it's a shot-for-the-shot color remake of um, a near, near-flawed Hitchcock film. Why was the question when everybody – it was on everyone's lips when it came out. Still the question on everyone's lips now. It's, it was just such a weird thing for Gus Van Sant to do. Yeah, and what's really strange about that film is, is for a shot-for-shot remake, it has lost everything the original film set out to do. And you sit yeah. there and you go, it just shows you what that group of actors, that script, Alfred Hitchcock, the mood, the black-and-white photography, all those things brought to it. Because even trying to duplicate it in a shot-for-shot remake, you can't achieve it. No, and I think it was, it was more of a... Um, you know, installation art project than it was a film. Yeah, I agree. You know, it was, a, it was an experiment, nothing more. And nobody in this world needed it. <laughs> Josh, oh. finish us off. Finish you off. Escape from L.A. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. There is never going to be someone I will talk to about that that will argue with me. And if so, I'm very, very surprised at whoever that person is. And don't care about their opinion. That was a trash film. It was. I agree. It is. It is a travesty, and it was. It really did mark kind of the beginning of the end for Carpenter's career. Um, mm-hmm. It's a real shame. Uh, Josh and I actually, we should have brought this up on what we've been watching. We actually watched Escape from New York the other night together on Blu-ray. On Blu-ray, and my God, that film holds up. Gotta love that film. <laughs> oh, dude, I do too. It's such a good film, and and as L.A. is so bad. You know, and it just proves once and for all that just having a bigger budget doesn't make bigger films. Mm-hmm. Um, no. yeah, anyway, well, that's it, guys. That's our lists. Huzzah. I, I know. Those are some pretty good lists. I really enjoyed making that list, actually. I mean, there's so many ways you could go, and my son was throwing out titles. But It's just nice to have one where you're not struggling for titles. No, (laughs) there's lots of them. And I'm sure there's many things that we could remember. And if you guys want to throw in your two bits, feedback at filmactually.com. We'd love to hear some of the films that you think. And remember, not just films that you don't like. You'll notice that Wolverine wasn't on that list, for instance. Because we didn't like the film, there are people out there who did. The film made a lot of money, you know, so whatever. And we do want a good Wolverine film. So it's not that the film shouldn't have existed. That particular film just wasn't very good, you know what I mean? So Mm. the idea of this list was to find films where we sit there and go, they just didn't need to be. And, you know, it's like uh, uh, my lovely wife immediately threw in, she goes, what about Street Fighter or Super Mario Brothers? I said, no, because there are a lot of people out there who actually think that a good version of those films still exists. You know what I mean? It just hasn't been made yet. Um, Those particular films were god awful. Mm. That doesn't necessarily mean the films didn't <laughs> deserve to live. Or... I, I don't know if you could make a good version of Super Mario Brothers. I mean, <laughs> you, you can just imagine the picture. So, so what, what, refresh my memory. What's the story behind Super Mario Brothers? Okay, right. A fire-breathing turtle dragon thing has kidnapped a princess. 
right? There are stay with me now. Stay with me. <laughs> there, there, there are mushrooms of various kinds that give you powers. Dude. Um, sometimes there are stars that, that make you run faster and, and give you invincibility. You're a, he, he, the, the, main, the main character is a plumber. Now, an <laughs> Italian plumber. An Italian plumber who looks like a 70s porn star. Now, he will use pipes. That, and Sorry? No, I... Phrasing. So, like, it's... Yeah, like, I don't see how that's ever going to be possible. I, it's, a good, it's a good game series, but... It's, yeah, it's, it's, and, it's, and it's, we uh, could also do that with Street Fighter as well. The, <laughs> the game consists... What's the story of Street Fighter? It'd the, be like trying to make a Mortal Kombat film with Christopher Lambert. Funny, that. Uh, uh, <laughs> little dig there, Richard. I'm letting you have that one. That was great. Yeah, I watched anything with Christopher Lambert at the, in those days. And, you know, I, I liked him in that film because he clearly just is, is loving being, turning up and getting paid for doing Well, he clearly little. had no idea what was going on around yeah, him. The, dude's, the dude's half blind, so he, could, he probably couldn't see how ridiculous everyone looked. <laughs> he probably went, what's my costume look like? You look wonderful, Christian. <laughs> and he just, he just went, <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Alright, uh, so uh, let's get ourselves out of here That's a show for this week We will try and catch up with Cosmopolis But I believe next week is probably Total Recall, yes? Probably Yeah, I think that's the big one for next week uh, So we will uh, get that out And we'll, we'll try and squeeze Cosmopolis in here somewhere, I promise uh, That being in- Sorry? I'm going to do Hope Springs instead Which is, uh, instead of Total Recall uh, can uh, that's, you, that's the, If you can talk the- Josh into it, we'll do it that's the it's the uh, Tommy Lee Jones Meryl Streep romantic comedy. What do you reckon, Josh? I, no, I think our demographic would be into that more. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's all. Josh, you want to go see that one instead? Which one? Hope Springs. I would see that. You'd see that instead of Total see. Recall. No. <laughs> But only from a geek's perspective. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think we'll do Total Recall somehow. All right. If you want to get in touch with us at all, how would people find out more about you, Richard? Um, They could Google me. They could um, stalk me. (laughs) They could listen to the show and previous shows where I've mentioned I'm at therealbits.com. That's the rwelbits.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at TVDBits. And Josh? Uh, Rodeosu.com is a gaming website. Go over there, check it out. It's going to be full of gaming stuff and mainly me because Dave's going overseas again. Wow, you're going to fly solo for a while. I am going to fly solo and it will be amazing. Cool. <laughs> and you can find me at geekactually.com or on Twitter at David McVeigh. Uh, we open the show with a clip from The Born Supremacy and we are closing the show with Extreme Ways by Moby because they should end every, every Born film that way. Why can't we end our Born episode that way as well? <laughs> so we will wrap up with that. You should go check out our friends The Real Junkies, R-E-E-L Junkies over at WeekendRonan.com or on iTunes. They review films as well and there are a lot of fun to listen to because they drink tequila while they're doing it. And, of course, because she wrote into us, Rachel Atkins over at the Funky Film Show, Radio Fremantle. Uh, go listen to her show. You can also listen to it at radiofremantle.com.au for back episodes. That's it, guys. It smells and sounds and looks like a show, so I think we're going to get ourselves out of here. You got anything else to add? I don't smell anything, but apart from that, no. Okay, Richard? I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Cool. In that case, go see more movies. You don't see enough movies. And all of life's questions are answered in the movies. Especially Apocalypse Now. That's a very good quote. I like that. We'll see you all next week. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 
those came along 